All right, everybody, Leo Cannell here with today's Seven Figures Club podcast. Entrepreneurs, startups, and side hustlers, we've got an amazing guest for you today. We have the lovely, talented, and unbelievable entrepreneur, Jill Stanton. She and her husband are the owners and founders of Screw the Nine to Five. You've probably heard her if you've read JLD's new books. There's a chapter that focuses exclusively on them and the power of marketing and building your own business outside of mainstream. So Jill is the creator of Millionaire Girls Club and the co-founder of Screw the Nine to Five, as I just said. Um, so their slice of the internet uh, where they help is aspiring course creators, taking that knowledge and putting it into a, an actionable course. Uh, she helps to start online businesses and get them over that six figure annual income mark. She uh, coined by Forbes as a destination for up and coming online entrepreneurs. Screw the nine to five has inspired tens of thousands. That's amazing. Tens of thousands of new entrepreneurs to quit their jobs, build thriving businesses, and live lives of meaning and purpose. When she's not CEOing around the world, she can be found traveling actually around the world with her husband, Josh, and their little guy, Kai. Jill, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the US and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thanks for having me. What an intro. Damn. It's like I wrote it myself. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I find out uh, you know, that sometimes those bios really get to the heart of the matter. So tell us a little bit about kind of your background. We always like to get to know you on a deeper mm -hmm. level. You know, what was Jill like growing up? What was her, you know, life Mischief. like? And, and, and what kind of <laughs> led you? Did you did you think you would be an entrepreneur? What were you like, you know, uh, when you were growing up, maybe in the high school years? Oh, in the high school years? Trouble. Um, <laughs> I mean, light trouble. Um I didn't have the word for entrepreneur, but I always knew I wouldn't have a job. Like I was, I was the world's worst employee you could have. <laughs> I was terrible. Like I remember one of my first jobs was Subway, like the sandwich shop. And I refused to wear my visor because there would be so many boys who would come into my store. And I'm like, I am not wearing that visor. I refused to wear my apron. Like I was just, I was never cut out to be <laughs> an employee. So it was always written on the wall. Um, I just didn't have the words to know like what an entrepreneur was at that point. And at that point, really like online entrepreneurs were definitely not a thing. Um, but I knew I wanted to do something with video. I thought it was to be on TV as a TV host and presenter. Um, and so for a lot of my twenties, actually, I was modeling and doing commercials and I was a deal or no deal girl, <laughs> like all these things. And then I actually at a casting met a TV producer or a video producer. And I pitched him a TV concept I was working on and he signed on with me and we created a web TV show. This is like the days of MySpace. I'm not even joking around like 2006 when, when YouTube was just bought by Google. Gotcha. Um, so like old school, what before internet TV was a thing and it was called 20 something. And I'm so glad we shot it when the internet was still like relatively new and you could erase things off it because it was all about dating, sex and relationships. <laughs> and I would never want that stuff out there now. 
especially with a young son. Um, and so, yeah, that got me my start. Um, that really taught me how to like speak on camera and riff and be able to shoot the shit and carry a conversation. Plus I was a bartender for 10 years. So like I got paid to small talk. Right. So, um, like fast forward, I met Josh in 2009. We were set up on kind of like a blind date. He was so not into it at the time. And he was living in Beijing, China. And we met wow. in Toronto when he was just there visiting a couple of our mutual friends. And we hit it off and I was already moving to Australia at the time with a girlfriend of mine. And it just like serendipitously worked out. And um, he was really my first mentor. He taught me how to like write for the web, how to build traffic, how to build an audience how to build a website, like all of that kind of stuff. And so ever since we linked up, we started our first business together in like late 2011, early 2012, and then Screw the 9 to 5 was born in 2013. So as you and Josh were getting Screw the 9 to 5 off the ground, what were some of you guys' first 9 to 5 jobs that made you kind of think and wonder, huh, maybe everything that society's told us about having that 9 to 5 and that you know, college degree and all of those official traditional mm -hmm. ideas that are supposed to lead to wealth. What were some of those first, you know, aha moments where you and Josh were like, oh, I don't know if nine to five is really going to get us there. Yeah. So it's funny because both of us have never had a nine to five job. <laughs> so it's ironic. We run screwed the nine to so, five. Although, so it might've been Subway. Perfect. Then. <laughs> yeah. It was, and it was probably I would Subway. say that my bartending job, right. It was a different kind of nine to five, yeah. 1 PM no, to 5 AM. Yeah. Um, and I was still working for someone else. And yes, it was different because, you know, you're making tips and I was making big money right. and it was easy breezy. You still had a life. Um, but I always hated answering to someone and same with Josh. Like he started building his first business at the age of 21, which is, or maybe 20. Um, he wrote an ebook <laughs> on how to train goldfish and that was his first ever venture. And this is like the days when ebooks were all the rage. Um, but we both just knew, like we both really struggle <laughs> to be, we both really struggle with being told what to do. Like we just do not like having bosses or authority or anything like that. And so we were a match made in heaven in that respect. And I remember when I was in my twenties, my mom, because I wanted to get in TV, into TV and broadcasting. And she would like beg me like, please, Jill, just get a, just get a, um, job behind the scenes. Like you could, you could work in production. I was like, I will not do that. Like I was always very aware that I was not going to live a conventional life. That was just never something that appealed to me. Um, very strong willed when I want to be. And if there's something I don't want to do, there ain't no effing chance I'm doing it. So that was pretty, it was set in the stars that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Amen. So, so decided you, you guys were going to be entrepreneurs from a young age, had a problem with authority. I understand that uh, perfectly well. I talk to my kids about it all the time, how, you know, it's great to think outside of the box to find those solutions. Mm -hmm. So as you guys were, what was your first, you know, jump into entrepreneurship? What was kind of your first, you know, attempt at starting a business yourself? Well, I would venture to say that my web TV show 20 something was my first attempt. It just it made no money. <laughs> well, that's why I ran a live event um, for a breast cancer foundation back in Toronto. This is how cheeky I was. It was called Breast Obsessed. And it raised money. And I think we were out like maybe $1,000. So that was like pretty good. It made like 30 yeah. grand. Cool. Um, and it got like media coverage. And I was on like 
you know, a whole woo entertainment, entertainment tonight, Canada. <laughs> it was like a big milestone for me in my twenties back in the day. Um, and so that was really my first attempt. And then my second was, I did another web TV show, uh, Australian web TV, excuse me. Yeah. Web TV travel show. Um, and we got like a bunch of tourism boards to sponsor us and we got a travel van sponsored and like all these different accommodations and tours. So that was like my next baby step. And then from there, I started a social media business, uh, social media management business for bars and restaurants in the Gold Coast, just based on what I had learned and what I knew after working in hospitality from the age of 15. Like I worked at coffee shops and Subway and I was a bartender and a waitress and all that kind of stuff. So I took what I knew there and I packaged it into an offer before I really even knew that I was packing, packaging things into offers. And I actually pitched my my bar owner. Um, he was like doing random commercials in the like local classifieds. And I was like, what if I could get you people in the door through social media? And he was like, I'd be down for that. And so I pitched him, he had three venues and I pitched him to manage all of them for five grand. And he said, yes. And I was like, I am rich. I am so rich right now. And then he said, yes. And I was like, by the way, I quit bartending. I'm just going to do this now. <laughs> um, and that was my first foray into like actually having a profitable business. And then from there, I brought that to New Zealand and then back to Canada. And then I got real burnt out trading time for money. And like, I had about like nine tiny bosses because I had so many clients. Um, and then I was watching Josh, like he had a software company at this time and he was doing product launches and I would watch him make all this money. And he was like, really not working that many hours. And I was like, what the F am I doing wrong here? <laughs> like, how's this guy making so much money? And I'm sitting here like tweeting all F and day and, you know, making five grand a month or whatever it was at the time. Um, and so that was our first, like, what if we did something together? And we started our first business together. It was a skincare affiliate site. And I remember when Josh first asked me, like, do you want to start a, a business together? I was like, yeah. And he's like, sweet. I think we should start an affiliate site. And I was like, absolutely. And he's like, and then I was like, so what's an affiliate site though? <laughs> and that's really where it started. We built that up to like 30 different websites. And then from there started screw the nine to five. And then from there I started millionaire girls club. And then from there, and now we are starting wealthy course creator. So I think a lot of people who have started side hustles, they've started businesses, they understand that they're going to have to do some work. There's going to be some long hours, but a lot of them begin to trade time for money or they, they get service-based and, and they, they are spending a lot of time and they struggle to understand the type of business that you're talking about where you're not trading time for money, where you're leveraging a product and technology. What is it people need to know and, and how, how can they learn from you to make that transition? Because so many, I mean, maybe 50, 60% never actually make that transition and they mm -hmm. trade the nine to five for the, you know, nine to nine, nine, to nine. <laughs> and, and, and they're not getting ahead. Yes. Maybe they're even making good money, but the lifestyle really struggles. Yeah. And I think in the beginning, like straight up, I think selling your time is a great way to get started because now you know how to make money yourself, right? You're starting to master that skill. You're starting to pitch clients. You're starting to learn how to work with clients, how to spot, you know, problem clients, all of that kind of stuff, raise your prices, manage money, you know, manage team, all of that kind of stuff. So in the beginning, I think it's a great idea. And especially 
whether it's done for you services or coaching, I think it's such a great way to get your feet wet and get in the ring. Um, outside of that, as you want to create like a more scalable program or offer, well, really you're solving problems, right? So what is a big problem you can solve? And then once you've figured that out, like, uh, so hmm, I have a lot to say. <laughs> One thing let me back up. Okay. So you start, you identify the problem you're going to solve, right? Yes. Now in your mind, who is that target customer? Like what is their biggest pain points right yes. now? Once you've gotten clear on that, well, what do they think they need? So many of us build offers around what we think they need, but what do they think they need? And so many people come into our programs and they're like, I'm going to help, um, you know, bookkeepers dial in their systems. And we're like, that sounds great because it saves them time. But what do bookkeepers really want? And they're like, more efficiency. And we're like, mm, or is it money? <laughs> right? Like, yes, efficiency, but what do they think they want? Because most business owners, when they're getting their business off the ground, well, they think they need more money to fix their problems, right? And it's really only once you have a bird's eye view, do you realize that, okay, yeah, money's great, but it also is like, I do need the systems and I do need this. But in the beginning, it's usually money. Um, and so what do they think they need? And then how can you help them solve that problem? And one thing a lot of people get stuck in, and I don't know if you find this, but we find this a lot in Screw the 9 to 5 because we work with early stage entrepreneurs, is a lot of pe people think to themselves, well, I don't know enough yet. And we have this concept that we always teach called the 10% edge. And it's like, basically, no matter where you're at, if you are getting traction in one thing or one area, a hobby, a skill, a passion, you know, whatever it is for you. Well, chances are you are 10% further ahead than someone who hasn't gotten started, or you know 10% more than someone who's just at the beginning, or someone who isn't even aware that they, you know, could find an interest in this or would want to do that. Right. And so we really encourage people to lean in and start teaching from that place. And so often people get in their heads, they're like, well, I don't know as much as the experts in my field. Well, yeah, because they've been in the game for years, if not decades, but they all started where you are, you know? And so it's just about embracing that 10% edge and giving yourself the permission to say, I know 10% more, or I'm 10 steps ahead, or I'm one chapter ahead of these people on this subject and serving from that place today. And if you can do that and you can create a great offer for them, you can start making money in a more scalable way. That is beautifully said. And it reminds me of the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leo DiCaprio, where he plays Frank Abagnale, who, by the mm -hmm. way, just down the street from us here in, in uh, Provo, Utah, actually was a professor at BYU. And he was literally a chapter ahead of the class each week teaching it. Everybody thought he was the best professor ever, but he was just a chapter ahead. And so I, I think that, that speaks exactly what you're saying. If you are a chapter ahead, you can teach you and people are looking for someone to lead. And just because someone's been an expert for decades, doesn't mean that they're, they've evolved, that they've pivoted, that they've stayed up to date. And so maybe you can step into it. And it's like you said, if you can solve that problem, that's the key. Now you've talked a lot about offers and creating mm -hmm. offers that really, you know, resonate. And it sounds like you're talking a lot about really knowing your customer. So how is the best way to, you know, begin creating offers and what should you be learning after you launch them? And maybe things don't go as way. How should you mm -hmm. learn from that? 
One, I think you have to like, it depends, right? There's so many factors here. If, if you have a sales page and you're, you know, pimping that out to people, whether that's through paid traffic, Facebook ads, um, or you're doing podcasts, you're hitting the guest guest post circuit, or you're, you know, building a social media audience. Well, one is your content resonating, right? Are people clicking on your content to go to the page? If so, great. And if it's not converting, then is it the content that is presenting an incongruence or is it the fact that your sales page is crappy, right? A lot of people get stuck in that. It's either the clickable thing that you want to send people to your sales page with is either off or not compelling or doesn't hit at a pain point or your sales page is lackluster, right? So first step is figuring out which one of those is the kink in the hose. Second, does your offer actually solve a problem? Like, have you talked to anyone? Have you validated it, right? Have you gotten feedback as to why people didn't join or why it wasn't interesting to them? Or maybe there was confusion there around the offer, or also maybe you just didn't stack it out properly, right? So often people create these like confusing ass offers. Like I help heart centered women get back in touch with their spirit so that they can master their inner creativity and live a life of meaning. And you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? You know what I mean? So it's just about getting clear on like, how do we communicate who we actually help and how we help them in a way that makes sense to people so that they're like, yep, that's me. Click purchase. Right? So Um, whether it's the content, the sales page, the messaging of it, or it could simply be the offer, right? Maybe the offer is just unclear. It's like a 17 module course, DIY self-study with some workbooks. And people are like, yawn, this isn't the two thousands. Right. And so you have to stack (laughs) it out with some bonuses, some maybe fast acting kind of things, disappearing bonuses. You know what I mean? Like you got to make it worth it. It's noisy out there right now. And so you got to stand out in a way that grabs people's attention, makes them want to read, click and buy. Absolutely. Now for years, you and Josh have been kind of the go-to experts in affiliate marketing. And I, I think that's probably made you guys experts in identifying what is a good offer or who really is solving someone's problem. And now you and Josh have taken it to another level where you're looking to help course creators and others to actually take that next step. Tell us about your current projects, because obviously a lot of us have been, you know, we've been reading in, in JLD's new book uh, mm-hmm. where there's a whole chapter about you guys. But you guys have some exciting new projects that you've been launching. Tell us a little bit about those and maybe how we can get involved learning more about them. Mm. So we have screw the nine to five, which is like our digital home base at the moment. Um, and that is where we host. So we have a program that's only $37. It's called course creators funnel, and it helps, um, early stage entrepreneurs, course creators, or coaches create an intro offer. So a way to how many times have we all heard, like, just build an audience and people will buy or just build an audience and you'll be successful as if like email subscribers and social media followers pay your bills, right? It's not true. What we say is forget all that, start building an audience of customers. And the way you do that is by having an intro offer. So something that is low cost under 50 bucks that people can buy, it's a no brainer and it's fully stacked out. So that is like one of the best ways when we're talking about offer stacking and really making a compelling offer, that's like the three part workshop um, that is $37 in course creators funnel. And Josh really goes into that. Um, And it's really just about like, what is one micro problem I can solve? 
how do I create that or how do I solve it? And then how do I stack it out with bonuses to make it so damn irresistible? People will feel stupid for saying no to it. Um, and that'll allow you to build an audience of customers. And then from there, you can upgrade them into a more signature program, which is what we do inside our accelerator. So we help people not only like create their signature programs, but mostly launch them so that they can make money because an offer is great. But if you don't know how to sell it, what's the point? No question. So you've got to have that great entry offer that gets them in the game, that gets them into your world, your audience. And, and, and that product's got to be good. It's got to be high quality. Mm -hmm. Then if you're a coach and a creator, how do you know what the next step should be and maybe mm -hmm. where that price point should be? So for example, using ours as an example, um, or let me try and think of someone else's that comes to mind. Um, Okay. Perfect example. Serena, one of our like stars in screw the nine to five, she teaches accountants how to build an accounting business. Right. And her intro offer is like how to master discovery calls, because that is a big pain point that her audience was telling her, right? Like, I don't really know how to get new clients. I don't know how to close them on the phone. I don't know how to do discovery calls. I feel salesy. I don't want to look desperate. I don't want to seem pushy. And so she created a, a, like this badass course with all these bonuses, scripts and templates and all of that kind of stuff. She sells it for $37. And then from there, she launches her um, uh, bookkeepers, bookkeepers business accelerator, I think is what it's called. Um, and that is a $1,500 offer. And it's a more of a holistic program that helps bookkeepers come or excuse me, account. I'm getting confused. Yeah. Bookkeepers and accountants, um, start their business, grow it, get more clients so that they can hit six figures. So it's just about like, what is one micro problem that that person is having that would make your signature program a no brainer to them? So for us with course creators funnel, it's like, well, let's build an audience of customers. Let's help you create your first intro course that you can sell for sub $50. And then once you've done that, well, let's create a signature program that you can sell for a minimum of a thousand dollars. Does that make sense? It so does. the intro does. program is like the first step and the signature program is like the big issue they have or the big problem gotcha. they have. So, so you're, you're fixing a micro problem, trying to solve that. It's very affordable. And then, okay, now we've got the micro problem. Now here's the whole enchilada to really take the next step and become an expert and master of your craft, whatever it is. And so, so with people, you know, who want to get involved, they can go to screw the nine to five.com, learn more information there. And now you're talking about coaching. So it sounds like there's an opportunity to actually work with Jill and Josh on a higher level. How does that mm. work? So that is in our accelerator. Now okay. we, as we are recording this perfect timing, of course, I have to switch everything up. Um, so that is actually, we are repositioning our accelerator. It used to be um, $2,000 and anyone could join it. Um, but we're actually repositioning it to be, and it was a two week offer, right? Two weeks, 2K, let's get your signature program launch outlined and ready to roll. Um, now, and it was just coaching um, and like implementation. And now we are reimagining it to a six month program that is, um, it's actually quite cool. It's three tiers. It's one-on-one -on -one coaching each month, group coaching every week, and then done for you launch services. So 
we noticed that was where a lot of our students were getting hung up is they loved the launch process, but there's a lot of assets to create, or they were creating like these ugly looking sales pages and then wondering why no one was buying. And we're like, well, bro, look at it. <laughs> like it looks like, you know, it looks subpar. Um, and you know, or they wouldn't, they wouldn't write registration emails or card open emails because they'd be too in the weeds because there's a lot to create when you're launching a course. And so Josh and I started looking at it, like, how can we stand out in a very noisy space? Well, no one's doing dumb for you launch services baked into their program. And that was like our light bulb moment. And so we decided to bake that in, um, build out the program in an even bigger way. We've got like a launch services team. Um, I'm really excited about it. Launches in September. So that, that's amazing. We all see these trends and the market's always telling us something. I, I feel like the last uh, year or two, we've seen this trend of, hey, if you want to have a successful marketing campaign, you know, follow uh, Pedro Adeo's challenge model. And, and we've seen a lot of success and you guys have been killing with that. But you've also pointed out done for you services like that's so valuable because now I don't have to learn how to do this pain in the butt stuff. Your, your expertise and professionals can do that. But how do I actually find people to go out and do these done for you services? What is that? And how do I make sure my offer is still profitable? Cause I'm going to have to pay for those done for you services to get done. Right. Like, do you mean in our stuff or if you're going out and hiring no, I, your own team? No, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to create my own yeah. done for you services or cause you guys will teach. Is that, is that part of what you teach as well? No, we won't teach the done for you services piece because yeah. that's just like, there's it's no custom. That's yeah. just like something we want to create. Like we have done for you funnel builds and done for you sales yeah. pages and done for you, you know, scheduling your email automation and all of the things that go into the specific launch process we teach. It's not just like, you know, come in and do a webinar launch and we're like, okay, let's build a webinar funnel. No, it's very specific to the gotcha. paid challenge model, which is what we teach and what we do. Um, and so it's very aligned with that. So it's hyper-specific. Outstanding. Perfect. Now, obviously you're focused on helping a lot of women to grow and build entrepreneurial, you know, startups and side hustles and that type of thing. What are some of the challenges and pain points that you specifically help them to overcome so that they can take that step into freedom? Do you mean with Millionaire Girls Club? I do. Those women have it figured out. They're already at the million dollar mark. So what I okay. do with that is it's luxury. But what about retreats. all the women are not at the million dollar mark? How do they well, get Well, they'll there? come in through screw the nine to five. Okay. So <laughs> screw the nine to five. Perfect. I wasn't going to compete with something I already have, right? So Millionaire Girls Club is um, luxury retreats for women at the million dollar mark. And that's because I believe oh, okay. or I've witnessed or I've experienced when you get to that level, you know, your circle is smaller. You're a bit more curated in who you surround yourself with. You don't want to participate in like just lower level conversations. You, you value experiences and luxury. And typically you don't always have the time to go book that out for yourself and like go, you know, gallivanting around the world. And so this is beautiful because it's only million dollar plus. And most of the, it's funny because, um, most of the women coming in are like eight figures plus. So I'm like, oh shit, this is cool. Um, so, wow. and it's just like a lot of those women, like I don't, well, you certainly haven't experienced, but a lot of us women have experienced having moments with 
very strained relationships with females. You know, there is a lot of like sister wounds in our experience or mother wounds and stuff like that. And so a lot of these women who get to a certain level, well, not all the chicks who they were friends with from university or high school or their old jobs really get the sacrifices that they're having to make to build these big businesses and make a real dent in the world. And so I'm creating experiences, luxury retreats for women who Uh, match their future and women who get it and women who value the same things and who are high vibe, supportive and generous. So I'm really excited about that because that has been, that's been growing faster than I ever expected, which is really cool. But again, hitting, hitting a need, right? Like I wanted that, but no one really, I have never met another chick who hosts like really high end retreats for just million dollar women. I've been to high-end retreats where there's like loads of fascinating people in the room. Like for example, Mastermind Talks by Jason Gaynard is one of the best events I've ever been to and hands down the inspiration for this idea. Um, But it's 80% guys, right? And so you're like weeding through the 20% of the women there to figure out like, who do I vibe with? Um, And so I wanted to cut out all of that, sorry, fellas, and just go straight to creating experiences for women. I love it. So you and Josh have become well-known, I think, for kind of creating a lifestyle entrepreneur type business. And for a lot of us, especially at the beginning, like you said, sometimes we have to get started with full service. Sometimes we got to do the one-on-one coaching because that's how we can take the next step. But then as we do take that next step and we try to to build a team, like what are some of those keys to actually being able to create a lifestyle uh, or even a business where you can, you know, live in the Caribbean like you and Josh do? Mm. Yeah. Um, One, focus on the things that move the needle, right? Like cut all the things that don't move the needle. I'm a big believer in that. Like you really have to identify the channels that work for you. I I really like Instagram. It's just, it's not a needle mover for us. And so I don't really put a lot of focus on it for us. What really moves the needle is paid traffic and doing paid challenges or boot camps, masterminds, whatever you want to call them, live experiences or virtual live experiences. That really moves the needle for us. And I like showing up for people who have invested to be there. I don't love just like, you know, spending so much time and energy constantly creating content for social media that expires 24 hours later. Like I refuse to do it. Um, and so we focus on the things that get the results and we really operate with the 80, 20. So we just cut anything that didn't feel aligned. Um, we're just like, I don't know. I just feel like it really comes down to what feels heavy, what feels light, what moves the needle and what is unnecessary right? And then setting boundaries, being okay with like hiring team and letting them take a bunch of the workload so that you can have space. Because at a certain level, once you're, I would even say like past 500 grand a year, right? You need space to think like you just do. You need to make good decisions, right? And so you need to come, you need space to come up with your next moves. Like, how am I going to grow the business? Who do I need to hire? What are some offers I could create? Like, how can I generate more revenue? How can I generate more profit? You need space to think about that. And that doesn't come from you being in the trenches. And so it is your, it is on you. It is your obligation to figure that out and to not constantly be heads down beast mode, you know, working away in your business. Because honestly, when you do that, you become the bottleneck and you slow everything way down. 
So a lot of the keys you just talked about is building a team, empowering them, especially when you get past half a million dollars and taking the time to actually think about how you're going to grow the business work, you know, on it, not necessarily in mm -hmm. it, kind of that e-myth revisited Michael Gerber type mm -hmm. of situation. Great point. Now you also talked a lot about marketing platforms and understanding what marketing platforms are moving the needle for you. If you're a coach, a course creator, and you're trying to figure that out, what are those platforms and what should your content uh, look like? And it sounds like maybe it should be more connected to paid, you know, versus not necessarily organic content you're just creating every 24 hours. Well, it depends, right? Like, do you, uh, some people don't want to do paid. Like I have a girlfriend who has created an amazing organic audience, but she's on social media the whole time, but it works for her because they are so invested in her, right? She very rarely runs traffic. She only runs traffic when it's her launches, right? And so then she's really just hitting, cold, uh, excuse me, warm traffic. Um, and so that works for her, but you need to get clear on what works for you. Like I personally, I have a kid. She doesn't, right? Like, I don't want to sit there on social media the whole time. I'm also like, if you follow human design, my human design type is manifester. Like we really don't want to sit on social media talking about what we're doing all the time. Like that just, that drains our energy. And so really just identify. And yes, I know I could hire a social media manager for sure. I will probably get out of my own way and do that sooner than later, <laughs> especially with our new brand wealthy course creator, because I do believe that that could have a social media presence, but I like things that are like not expiring. Like I really love the idea. Um, one thing that Josh and I are doing for wealthy course creators, we're doing a, a live show and we're streaming it to YouTube and we're streaming it to Facebook and anywhere else that'll let us stream. Um, and then we'll cut up that content and use it for micro content. Right? So I feel like that kind of hits multiple channels because one, I'm streaming to YouTube. I can hit keywords there streaming to Facebook. I build an audience for ads three. I get to chop up that content content and then seed it out with micros on Instagram or our social media manager will do that, you know, so that, or you could rip the audio and put it on a podcast. Like there's so many ways that you could turn that one piece of content into a bunch of different assets, that kind of content I like. Right. And I love having an organic audience. I shout out to the Scroopies so <laughs> for <laughs> screw the nine to five, um, because they've helped us build this brand and this movement and they are, who came up with the name Scroopies in the first place, right? So I love having this organic audience of believers. And I believe you have two currencies when it comes to building an audience, time and money. And I love using money more than I love using time. It's well said. And I think one of the most powerful keys that she just shared, if you guys are listening to this, is there, there's not a holy grail. You have to customize mm -hmm. everything that you're learning for what you're doing, for your market, for your clients. And once you understand the basics of understanding marketing and platforms and offers and everything, you know, that you can learn at screw the nine to five, then you have to customize it for yourself. I mean, it's on you, but you can. Mm -hmm. I think most people are waiting for someone to tell them that step by step. Oh, here's everything you do step by step. No, you have to take what you learn and you have to implement it and customize it according to your market, your product, your service. And if you do that, you can do that. That's where I think you can see it. Well, Jill, it's been, been amazing. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and, and really when you're like, to your point, when you're saying, you know, some people are waiting to be told what to do, like, no messy action. That is the fastest way to figure something out. Like try shit, try things, see what works, see what doesn't ramp up, what does and cut what doesn't. Right. And like, give yourself the permission to start small. How many of us 
Like that's the fear, right? We don't want people to see us starting small. Oh my God, I only have 17 followers. What does that mean about me as a human? Right. But what if you just gave yourself the permission to start small, to let people see you starting small, because at least you're in the ring, at least you're doing something right. So stop looking for the external validation, tap into like, what do I, what kind of content do I actually want to create? Like, am I good on video? If so, might as well shoot video. Am I a good riffer? Can I talk? Can I hold a conversation? Great. Let's shoot podcasts. Do I want to just create cool carousel content for Instagram? Great. Let's hope it gets shared, right? Like there's certain things. Am I a good writer? Great. Build a badass email list. Like what is the kind of, or a blog, what is the kind of content you want to create? And where is your audience hanging out? Start there and then just commit to being consistent with it. Amen. Well said. Final question, Jill. How much of the world do you think today, percentage-wise, just estimating and according to your expertise, do you think are unhappy because they do not create? Mm. Um, well, it's funny you say that because I read a study just like, when was it? A couple months ago that said 86% of people are unhappy in their jobs. What? 86% wow. of people in the world, like not just like in the US, in the freaking world. That's wild to me. And so that shows me that there's so much potential. There are so many opportunities to create. There are so many opportunities to breathe your message into this world. I think it just takes one, um, the awareness of like, do I actually want to do something? Do I want to create something? Do I want to create a better life for myself? And two, am I going to give myself the guts? Am I going to give myself the permission and have the guts to go for it? Those two things are the biggest, right? So many of us stop ourselves before we even get started because we worry about what people will think of us or what they will say about us when they see us fail, right? Like most of us would fail in private and be like, Thank God no one saw that. But it's like the the anxiety, the fear of like, oh my God, what will people think of me if they see me fail? That stops so many people from going for it. But what happens if you would just be okay with it? Because like, what's the worst that could happen, right? They form a disempowering judgment about you. It doesn't mean it has to be true, right? So just give yourself the permission to go for it. Like, what else are you going to do with your time, <laughs> right? Amen. Like, we're all kind of like- Guys, guys, Jill just gave you permission. Go for it. Take action, create something, and get to the point where you don't give a damn what anyone else thinks Hell because yeah. your own expectations are higher and way more than what anyone else would have for you. Guys, amazing words. You're going to want to listen to this episode over and over again. Jill, thank you so much. So best way to connect with you, screw the nine to five, anywhere else that the audience should connect with Jill Stett. Yeah. Screw the nine to five, all spelt out, no numbers. Or if there are any ladies who are in this um, audience who are feeling called towards MGC. Um, that Instagram is at the millionaire girls club at the millionaire girls club on Instagram. Ladies go there. Well, Jill, thank you so much. It's been amazing. And we will see you guys on the flip side of the seven figures club <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you for having me. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.